Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. Welcome back, Dr. Mahasi from the Vascular Surgery Department at Steve Beaker Academic Hospital. And today we'll be talking about chronic venous insufficiency. What is chronic venous insufficiency? Thank you, Prof. So chronic venous insufficiency is a disease of the superficial or deep venous system, which results in chronic venous hypertension. This is caused by reflux, um, obstruction of the veins, either superficial or deep, calf muscle pump failure. The syndrome of chronic venous hypertension or chronic venous deficiency results in a spectrum of clinical manifestations and is a major cause of morbidity and increased healthcare costs. The clinical signs range from small superficial telangiectasia to large chronic debilitating venous ulcers. Who gets chronic venous disease? So the prevalence of chronic venous insufficiency is about 2 to 9% in the adult population. Most of these patients, 70% of them, have disease limited to the greatest venous vein. Only about 20 to 35% affect both the GSV and small saphenous vein, and only 14% involve the small saphenous vein. Venous ulceration is the most devastating complication and affects 1% of the adult population in developing countries, with 72% of them being recurrent. What are risk factors for developing the disease? Risk factors for development of chronic venous insufficiency includes a family history, older age, obesity, standing occupation, history of DVT, smoking, and phys- physical inactivity, and a low-fiber diet. Females are affected more than males. In the female population, the incidence is about 25 to 33%, and in the male population, the incidence is about 10 to 20%. What is the underlying cause for this disease? Important to understand is that effective venous return to the heart is facilitated by an effective muscle pump during ambulation, accompanied by patent veins with competent valves. Failure of any of these mechanisms leads to venous hypertension responsible for the clinical sequelae associated with chronic venous insufficiency. Venous hypertension may either be due to superficial reflux, due to long saphenous vein reflux or short saphenous vein reflux. can also be due to deep venous reflux and occlusion, that is, maybe primary or idiopathic disease of the deep venous system or secondary to DVT or injury of the deep venous system. Perforator vein reflux is also recognized as a possible cause of chronic venous deficiency. What is isolated superficial vein incompetence? Isolated superficial vein incompetence is found in the majority of patients, that is 25 to 57% with venous ulceration. Isolated perforator incompetence causes skin changes in only 2 to 4% of cases. And clinically significant perforator incompetence is more commonly associated with superficial or deep venous disease than, than it is alone. What are rare causes? You have venous malformations or mixed venous diseases or lymphatic and capillary malformations causing chronic venous insufficiency. How do these patients present? The important clinical features include varicose veins, leg swelling, skin changes, ulceration and pain. Pain is often reported as a general dull ache and heaviness in the leg after prolonged periods of standing. Patients may also complain of venous radiation. A prior history of DVT should always be sought. Swelling is due to increased aerosolic pressures leading to accumulation of edema fluid. In the early stages of the disease process, the edema is pitting. However, in the later stages of the disease, pitting edema is less evident as fibrosis and induration ensue. Skin changes are due to venous eczema, which presents as a dry, scaly and itchy skin. Deposition of hemosiderin in the tissues causes a brown discoloration or hyperpigmentation, which together with fibrosis leads to lipodermatosclerosis. 
Venous ulcers are usually located on the medial aspect of the ankle and may be preceded by minor trauma. The venous ulcers are usually shallow, punched out ulcers with irregular margins and sloping borders. There is usually an associated exudate and surrounding hyperpigmentation or eczema. Can we grade or classify venous disease? The C classification is used to classify patients with chronic venous insufficiency. The C stands for clinical features and is graded 0 to 6. It ranges from no clinical, no clinical signs, C0, or skin changes with acute ulceration, which is C6. E stands for etiology. Anatomy represents A in the C classification. And this differentiates between superficial venous disease as a cause of the venous deficiency, or deep venous disease or perforator venous disease as the cause of the chronic venous deficiency. And the last part, P, represents the, pathophys- the underlying pathophysiology, reflux or obstruction. What is your management approach to these patients once they present to your clinic with what looks like, for example, a venous ulcer? What is important to note is that chronic venous deficiency may occur in association with peripheral vascular disease. And all patients who have a decreased or abnormal or absent pedal pulse should have an API before treatment of the venous disease ensues. The initial investigation of choice is a venous duplex ultrasound. Using certain provocative maneuvers, either standing or asking the patient to do a valsalva maneuver, a reflux time of more than 0.5 seconds in the superficial venous system and a reflux time of more than 1 second in the deep venous system is diagnostic of chronic venous insufficiency. Other less commonly employed um, options include venous platysmography, which measures alterations of volume directly or using other parameters that indirectly ref- reflect volume changes. Other options include conventional venogram and CT venogram. Conventional venogram carries a disadvantage of being invasive. In current day practice, the utility of venography is in patients with either inferior vena cava or iliac vein disease that may be treated with angioplasty or stenting. CT venogram and magnetic resonance venogram may also be used for imaging of the IVC and iliac veins when duplex ultrasound fails to identify pathology in the deep venous structures. Once you've made your diagnosis, what are the treatment options? Treatment options include medical or surgical. In essence, all patients should be initiated on medical management. Medical management or conservative management includes leg elevation and elastic stockings. Graduated elastic stockings apply a maximum pressure of about 30 to 40 millimeters of mercury and may be above or below knee depending on the patient and the patient's preference. Surgical management options include open surgical options um, and venous options. In modern day practice, endovenous options have taken over as the primary surgical management option. Endovenous options include radiofrequency ablation, endovascular laser ablation, and sclerotherapy. Open surgical options include high ligation and stripping of the greater saphenous vein and high, or high ligation of the small saphenous vein. Is there a difference between using below or above knee stockings in these patients? Current evidence suggests that the efficacy of below knee stockings and above knee stockings is the same. Furthermore, above knee stockings have been shown to be a problem for patients' comfort and patients are more likely to be non-compliant if using above knee stockings. So in modern day practice, the use of below above knee stockings should be left to the patients. Most patients would be started on a below knee stocking. I think general practitioners will probably see a lot of patients that potentially have chronic venous ulcers. What would be your recommendation or your advice for those doctors? Patients presenting with uh, chronic venous ulcer should ideally be referred to a specialized vascular center if the ulcer does not heal within two weeks. This is based on two important facts. In the EVRA trial, it was shown that early endovenous management of patients with chronic venous ulcers resulted in a higher incidence of wound healing 
and also lower incidence of ulcer recurrence. The second important fact is that if a patient presents with a chronic venous ulcer, they may actually have disease in the inferior vena cava or the common iliac vein or the external iliac vein and may require specialist assessment. Dr. Mahasi, do you have any final comments? In conclusion, it is important to emphasize that all these patients with chronic venous deficiency who present with bilateral leg edema should have other causes of leg edema excluded. For instance, patients should have a thorough cardiovascular hysteresis to exclude congestive cardiac failure and should have a protein dipstick to exclude proteinuria. Thanks very much, Dr. Mahasi, for a very nice, succinct overview of chronic venous disease. This edition of the Students of Surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. Visit www.tuxfm.co.today for young, fresh and relevant content. That was another edition of the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics.